Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. This is a very unique time and a very uh, given us a very unique experience of being able to come together, to gather together in spirit and in truth uh, from, from all over. So welcome everyone from Alabama, from Georgia, from Florida, from Texas, from Washington State, uh, from the UK. want to give a shout out to uh, my guys that no longer bound. It's, uh, again, it's good to come together. We are here to, to worship uh, and just sit before, bow before Almighty God. So uh, glad to see you today. Um, well, we've had another crazy week, right? Another crazy week. It's been somewhat confusing, a little scary, uh, a sad week. Um, and with so much going on, we're just taking on so much uh, during these days, and it's uh, unrelenting. Uh, and, and, and I'm just talking to folks, and it seems like so many of us are just trying to find, you know, a little bit of normalcy in, in, in our lives. And, uh, you know, trying to do those things to where we can feel a little bit more normal. And, you know, normal for me is Grady. Uh, I got to go to Grady uh, this past week. And uh, I already confessed. I've already confessed to the guys. I I got the tractor stuck again. They say the third time's a charm. Uh, By the way, um, uh, Cliff Hobbs took me up on my offer about blackberries. And so he met me down there on his way to uh, Florida. And, and there we are. Look at how we're smiling. Uh, the, the, the Facebook folks, I know you can't see that. Uh, but not only did we uh, pick up a lot of uh, blackberries, well, a good number of blackberries, but we picked up a lot of chiggers. Yeah, uh-huh. There's one oh, right there, and it itches. Cliff has about a dozen. Sorry about that. But he know what he said. He said, I will still go back and pick more. So if you can find some uh, chigger repellent, I'm inviting you to come on down, you know, because those chiggers are not fun. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a, a crazy week, um, sad week, whatever. Um, but it's also really been a glorious week. It has been a glorious week. Um, God is on his throne and uh, he is showing up in many, many ways, especially for those who are looking for him. Uh, And, you know, we've said so often, what gets your attention gets you. Are you looking for him? Are you looking to see where God's working uh, in your life and around your life? Um, You know, and, and we stand on this promise, no matter what's going on around us, what Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the Lord's purpose that will stand. So no matter what we see going on around us, no matter the schemes, uh, no matter the ploys for uh, power, many are the plans in the heart and the mind of a man, but it's the Lord's purpose that will stand. We have that promise and that assurance from God's word. And so that's the reason we've been able to say throughout the pandemic and during these days of our national unrest uh, that God is good and he redeems what he allows. God is good and he redeems what he allows. 
And uh, so I want to encourage you to continue to pray with me as followers of Jesus Christ. Psalm 67, you know, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. You know, every day I challenge you to pray that God bless me as a follower of yours. Be gracious to me, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. Make your face shine upon me. Why? So that your ways, so that your ways, oh God, Abba Father, may be known on earth and your salvation experienced among the nations. And that is truly God's heart, the salvation of his people, those of us uh, that are living and breathing all around the world today. So um, God is God is working. And uh, uh, what we're going to do, and, you know, it's sometimes it's kind of hard if we feel a little bit isolated and, and secluded uh, to really see that. But there's so many different ways that God is working uh, around us and, and through the body of Christ here at Crosspoint. And so we're going to begin this, uh, you know, uh, as long as, as, as we're doing this virtual worship uh, and, and we'll continue it afterwards. But we want to be able to share and have testimonies from individuals of how you see God working and where you see God working. And, uh, um, uh, you know, since uh, this is a new thing uh, and since I'm pastor, I got to nominate our first testimony uh, and. Well, that's, uh, I have a special guest for us today. Joining me here uh, is, our, is our summer intern for Community Connections. And uh, she is, um, uh, she's going to be sharing with us uh, first, you know, how God is working. And make sure that you can hear her. Let me know that you can hear her because she's going to be coming through my speaker, I think, right here. Hello, can you hear me? Okay, I'm getting some nods okay. and thumbs up. That's All a good right. sign. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful just to just to be able to be here and share a little bit today. Um, just to give a little background, I'm in a big season of transition. Um, not only did I just move back from the farm in Grady, um, but also I started graduate school. I'm getting my master's right now at Georgia State in social work, and I started the internship and um, and as dad was just alluding to a little bit ago, you know, there's so much going on right now, just in our world and in our nation and in our communities. And I've been feeling pretty overwhelmed and pretty heavy. Um, and I just want to share this one, these two verses from Psalm 127 that I just keep being reminded of. And I feel like God keeps leading me back to. So I'm just going to read this and then talk share a little bit more from it. Um, so this is from Psalm 127, 1 through 2. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And from this, God just keeps reminding me of, well, and it's quite obvious right now in my life that I can't do, I can't do everything I'm a part of with excellence apart from his strength 
and apart from his presence. Um, I've been trying, and when I try, I'm realizing I can't do things um, out of my own strength. Uh, I just get really um, overwhelmed, and I'm like, I, or, or I realize that it's in vain. Um, and so I just wanted to share that something that has so in verse 2, it says, um, eating the bread of anxious toil. And the something that's been leading me away from the bread of anxious toil, but to the bread of peace and of life and of goodness has been honestly God's word. Um, reading this like throughout this this past month, like that's been oh, I'm getting a little bit right now thinking, but God's word has just been giving so much life and peace when so much around me is is not at peace. Um, or in our nation is not at peace. And thanks, Dad. He's patting my back. Um, but also, as I'm crying right now, I get, I'm get I'm an intern. I'm a part of the staff meetings now. And this past Friday at our staff meeting, their dad was going around and asking everyone, how are you? And when it came to me, I just started breaking down crying when I was trying to say how I am. Um, and so, but then everyone at the staff meeting came around and just prayed over me. And so I also want to say that it's community. Um, I'm experiencing that it's just also leading me to the bread of peace and, the, and away from the bread of anxious toil. And so I just want to be someone like a voice right now, just testifying that, that God's word and the community of the house of the Lord is just so good and so needed and i'm just experiencing like the goodness from it right now and i'm so thankful um so yeah that's my little my little testimony <laughs> wow wow so if i'd known you were going to be crying i don't know i'm i'm kidding hey uh god is good god and god you know god is faithful uh to us you know jesus says in this world you will have trouble but take heart I've overcome the world, and and I see that in, in Rachel's life, and and I'm I'm so I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but God is also working in so many other ways. I really want to encourage you for those of you who receive um, our um, Cross Point Chronicles. It just went out this past Friday. Look at that because that that is a, a we downloading information about how God is is working through practical ways. And I, I want to encourage you and urge you to look at that. And, you know, what gets your attention gets you. Focus on how God is working and how God is using his body uh, to, to, bring, to, be, uh, to bring his glory. Uh, and, you know, as, as Jesus said for us to pray, thy kingdom come, you know, thy will be done. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot going on there. And, and, um, and I just want to, for us to keep our eyes, you know, fixed on him, especially during these days of turmoil uh, all around us. Um, I also just want to let you know that, uh, uh, for, that we're going to be sending out a um, survey this coming week uh, as we talk about, you know, plans and the process of, of, of meeting in person again. Uh, and so I, I want to encourage you and really exhort you to please uh, take time to, to fill that out and, and to uh, let us know um, 
you know, just where you really are, you know, and, and your heart uh, on, on this uh, particular survey. So uh, enough said on all that. Again, welcome. Uh, we are so glad that you're here. And uh, what I'd like to do before we continue to really look at the message that, that God really has put on my heart, you know, as we continue in this series, what it takes to really change, uh, to just uh, take a moment and pray and um, commit our time together before him. So let's pray together. Father God, we just praise you and we love you. And we just thank you for your um, uh, amazing grace. That We thank you for um, this privilege and opportunity that we have to pause wherever we may be and come into your presence. Again, your word says those who worship you, worship you in spirit and in truth. And not, not in just a house or a place or a building, but Lord, we come and we bow before you as King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we ask that you would revive us again. We ask that you would move powerfully and mightily throughout our nation, that you would move powerfully and mightily uh, throughout our world in such a way that it is absolutely um, un <laughs> people will be absolutely unable not to, to just acknowledge Jesus is Lord. So, Lord, be Lord in this hour uh, as we continue to worship you together and we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, so to, we're, we are finishing today the series that we've been in for uh, six or seven weeks and entitled what it takes to really change uh, and today uh, the title is sustaining change or how do I sustain the change that God is making or wants to make in my life uh, and uh, you know the truth of the matter is we, we need change in recent uh, you often hear me uh, quoting from Jim Dennison but uh, in uh, a recent daily article from Jim Dennison this week he said Hey, if you're feeling stressed uh, today, know that you're not alone. He said a recent general uh, survey showed that just 14% of American adults say they're very happy. And that is down from 31% who said that two years ago. Just 14% of Americans say they're happy. And, and that same year, two years ago, 23% said that they had often uh, felt isolated in re recent weeks. Now that is 50%. Now that is 50%. People feeling not happy and isolated. It said in total, fewer Americans are likely to call themselves happy than at any point since that survey began in 1972. And it also goes on to say that that research, uh, uh, aligns with another uh, study where Americans really are, um, their happiness in recent weeks are lowest ever recorded. Wow. You know, so I don't know, I don't know where you are, but as I said earlier, I am happy to see you and God wants us, you know, not only to be happy, to, to be joyful, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen until we experience the change that God wants us to experience in our life. Now, we've been looking at this classic text uh, from Romans chapter 12 that, that shows us 
uh, really what it, it takes for us to experience true change. And, and again, uh, if you're not, unless, unless you're not, not of this world, you're seeing all the hate, you're seeing all the division, you're seeing the suffering, the depravity that's being displayed in our, our, our country, especially now. And, and, and if we're not asking and praying for change, then I, I don't know. I don't know where we're coming from. We need change. So I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bibles to grab them, Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. And uh, since this is our very last, since this is our very last um, uh, message in this series, we're just going, we're going to read that particular passage. We're going to read Romans 12, one through five, and then we're going to skip over and read verses nine through 12. But this is the Apostle Paul, this classic uh, passage of what it takes to really change. So uh, let's read God's word together. And uh, Miss Crybaby here is going to read it for us. Um, and and uh, so just listen, just, you know, if you don't have your Bible, close your eyes and listen as God, through God's inspiration, speaks through the Apostle Paul. Romans 12, 1. <laughs> Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I'm going to go to verse 9 now. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Amen. And may God just add his blessings uh, to, to his word, his living, living word. Um, I'd, like, I'd like for us to <coughs> catch up with uh, what, where we've been. So just a quick review as we look at these principles for lasting change. <laughs> if you've ever thought, considered change in your life, and if you haven't, uh, come talk to me, please. Uh, but if you've ever considered change, it is he here in this passage. Can y'all hear me? Okay. If you've ever considered change, then it's here that we have this powerful, powerful passage and uh, Paul outlining these principles. And so in verse one, it just gave us that that, that first reality that we must commit our bodies and our lives. And the first law of change 
is simply this change is a choice. We must choose to change. Um, and then, and then the second, you know, was that we must refocus our mind. And so the second, the second law of change is I must change my model. Uh, that's when he says, you know, do not, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. We must examine the patterns of our life. And uh, as I was sharing with the staff this last week, it's like, boy, I'm just being uh, so much, I'm just so much more aware these days of the patterns that I have uh, in my life that are just really, you know, either of the world or of my, you know, family of origin or the voices I hear. Uh, but, you know, if I'm going to change, I must change my model because there's only one perfect model, and that is Jesus Christ. Everything else is broken. So uh, wherever we're getting our information from, as, as Rachel was sh sharing, you know, unless the Lord builds the house, uh, the labor's labor in vain. So it's God building truth into our minds. And uh, that takes time. That takes intentionality on our part. And then, you know, the third, the third uh, step in the, uh, in the process of change or principle is that we must humbly assess our life. And that's where Paul says, you know, you, you be honest, give, have an honest estimate of your life. And that is this, I can, uh, third law of change is I can only manage what I measure unless we know where we're starting from, unless we know where we truly are, where we say, search my heart, oh God, and know me. And, you know, just to humbly bow before him and say, I want you to um, reveal truth about where I am, because we, we can deceive ourselves, we can lie to ourselves and, and fool ourselves a whole lot. But then in verses four and five, it gave us that uh, fourth principle that we must get support. We must get, we've got to eradicate our pride and we get support. And, and that's where in those verses, he said that we belong as believers, we belong to one another and that we need one another. And the fourth law of change is simply this, change requires community. <clears throat> change requires community. The Bible says there are two things that we need in order to change. That is God's power in community. That's the way he functions. And uh, so, so often uh, uh, where people become so frustrated, where people give up and give in is, you know why? Because they're doing it alone. And it may be there's hurts and hangups and habits in your life. And you've not come uh, in a transparent manner before community. There, there's secret, uh, secret uh, shame and private pain, and, and you're keeping it there uh, instead of coming and uh, humbly, humbly, and, and in a surrendered manner, just giving it to the Lord. And then and with entrusted people, with entrusted people within the body of Christ <coughs> to have a conversation, to have a conversation. And even to the point of saying, you know what? What in my life, what in my life do you think is not pleasing to God? Is there something in my life do you think that the Lord doesn't delight in? Wow. Change requires community. Last week, we talked about the, the principle that we must fill our life with love, that love changes the unchangeable uh, from Solomon, that love is stronger than death, that love is stronger than addiction, that love is stronger than depression, that love is stronger than hate, love is stronger than division, love is stronger than fear, love is stronger than racism, love is stronger. And that's what he was talking to us in verses 9 and 10 about, 
And uh, so that fifth law of change is simply this. Change requires action and giving back. Change because true love is known through the actions that it prompts. So for me to experience change in my life uh, requires action, you know, becoming dynamic and specific in my life. And so today I want us to talk about this, this uh, sixth principle that if we're going to experience the change that God wants in our life, I must nurture my enthusiasm. I must nurture my enthusiasm. And this is a principle of motivation, really. So here, here's, here's what God is really challenging me and you with today. And that is this, that uh, I must figure out how to maintain my enthusiasm uh, and how I can be enthusiastic or be passionate over the long haul. And so I want to get, I want to get real, real with us. I want to get real, real with you and me as we close out this series. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this. He said, nothing great is ever accomplished without enthusiasm. Nothing great is ever accomplished without enthusiasm. And I know some of us are thinking about, well, there's, that's just some people's personality. no, Nothing great is ever accomplished without enthusiasm. And I, and I believe that with all my heart. I've seen that to be true in my life. Uh, without passion, without enthusiasm, uh, we've got to have it or we're never going to make it across the finish line. It, you know, it, it, is, it, it can never be, you know, I kind of want to get out of debt. Well, it's not going to change. Well, I kind of want to get in shape. Hey, would you pass me the chips, please? Uh, you know, I, I kind of want to, change my attitude toward that person. Uh, uh, I kind of want to be a better Christian. Ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Nothing great ever happens without enthusiasm. And that's also in conviction, just really having that deep conviction in your heart. So you and I all know, that uh, it's pretty easy to be enthusiastic at the start of something, you know, yo, man, whoo, let's get it on. Uh, but it's also easy to lose your enthusiasm, you know, especially whenever there are difficulties and the frustrations and delays and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what we're talking about is how to maintain, how to sustain our enthusiasm, enthusiasm over the long haul, over the rest of your life for 30 years. So, you know, it's, it's saying, how do we stay enthusiastic, passionate, in spite of delays, in spite of difficulties, in spite of dead ends, in spite of problems, in spite of pressures, in spite of criticism, in spite of setbacks, whatever it may be, how do we stay enthusiastic? We need to know that because we all know, especially in these days, that there is a lot of things in this world that we can't really be positive about. No matter how hard we try, we can't put a positive spin on it. You know, COVID-19 can't, you know, we, no matter how you try to spin it, can't be positive about that. The hate and the division that we see and are witnessing, no matter how you try, you can't put a positive spin on that. Rape, murder, you know, I, I, my heart just sank, you know, just the, the, the murder, the number of murders, you know, on Father's Day weekend that they were reporting, like even up in Chicago and all those young children. 
that were, oh, it's like genocide, starvation. There are so many things in this world that positive thinking will not get us through. Trying to spin it will not get us through. We need God to get us through and light up these uh, kind of issues. Now, how? how? How do we do that? How do we sustain uh, enthusiasm? How do we sustain, sustain passion in light of all the negative that we constantly have uh, or just avalanching our way? Well, here's how. We stay enthusiastic for a lifetime by really understanding the word enthusiasm. See, the word enthusiasm comes from the Greek word entheos, entheos. Uh, so the Greek word uh, for uh, in, the Greek word in, for in English means in. And theos means God. In theos. So enthusiasm means in God. That's true enthusiasm. We can talk about being enthusiastic, you know, out there without God, but that's not true enthusiasm. It's in God. And so here's the sixth law of change. The sixth law of change, change requires being in God. Now, you can see a lot of folks that are, you know, temporarily enthusiastic out there, but change requires being in God. Because out there, you can, you know, people can adjust a few things but they can't truly change them, you know, can't be transformed. And so uh, when we get in God, when we truly get in God, we will be enthusiastic. I mean, it's that gut level that, that fills your heart with enthusiasm, such enthusiasm that it doesn't matter, you know, if the economy is tanking or soaring. It doesn't matter whether it's raining or shining. It doesn't matter whether things are good or bad. It doesn't matter, you know, what is going on, what, what we are facing, even in light of what we are experiencing these days. We can be enthusiastic. We can be passionate in God. Because here's the deal. Our enthusiasm is not dependent on our circumstances because we are tied to the rock of ages, because we are tied to our eternal God, because many are the plans in the mind of a man or in the heart of a man, but it is the, it is the Lord's purpose that will stand. We are counting on his promises. You know, we are in God and therefore we can be enthusiastic. This is what Paul tells us in this ver next verse, and I'm using the, the, the Passion Translation paraphrase here uh, for our Zoom folks, but listen, uh, Facebook folks, here's what he says in verse 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you as you serve him. Let him fill you with what? Excitement as you serve him. Serve him, and, and there's the secret right there. Let him fill you with excitement. We try to, we, we try to muster up excitement. Uh, we try to grab it, but it's saying right here, you know where the excitement comes from? From the Holy Spirit. From the, let him fill you with excitement. And, and, and uh, boy, that needs to be our prayer. You know, it's like, that's the reason, that's the reason that it is so important for us not to grieve the Holy Spirit, not to quench the Holy Spirit, because 
you know how it is whenever you are in a right relationship with someone that you are it is just smooth. Everything's authentic. You're not holding back. You're not offending one another. You're not trying to get your own way. Let him fill you with excitement. Boy, that's a great prayer to pray. And then he tells us in these uh, this next verse, verse 12, uh, where we really need to apply this, where we really need to apply this, uh, this aspect of, of, of allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us with excitement as we serve him. For Paul says in the NIV, he says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. This is what he says. Hey, guys, be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. And so this is how we keep our spiritual fervor. This is how we keep our enthusiasm. And if you're kind of dwelling on enthusiasm right now, let this speak to you. Let this speak to you. If your passion is dwindling, let this speak to you. See, we keep that uh, by being joyful in hope. Because we know we can, because so when even things are going wrong, we can still be joyful because I know God's plan. I know that his plan will stand. He wins. He wins. And we're his children. We're chained to his chariot of victory. And God's plan is good. And that's what Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 says. Write that down somewhere and just dwell on this when you think about being joyful in hope. This is what Paul says. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace, which we now stand. And, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given. Now, again, we see there's the Holy, let him fill you with excitement. Let him fill you with hope. We can be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Why can think about affliction. I, I, I used to work at a, a, a camp, a summer camp, and uh, this guy, uh, he was a little bit on the crazy side, but he always went around and said, you know, God, you know, says in his word that he's called to, to, to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, you know. And, uh, well, uh, we know what affliction is. We're seeing that in, in our country. We, we, we see it and witness it in our world. Uh, but we can be patient patient in affliction because we know that even in pain that God's going to bring good out of it. God is good and he redeems what he allows. We can be patient uh, even in the pain. And that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Write that down, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. There he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. How? By the Holy Spirit filling us for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not what on, uh, on what is seen, but on what is unseen. 
For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So joyful in hope, how we apply this, patient in affliction. And, and, and we see that affliction. We know about that affliction. Some of you are enduring affliction right now. And that's how we're we able to do that because he's filled us with his passion. And then he says, and here's a key too, be faithful in prayer. Because and why is that important? Because in every problem, in every affliction, in every issue, I'm either going to pray or I'm going to panic. I'm going to pray or I'm going to do it my way. I'm either I'm going to worry or I'm going to worship. Be faithful in prayer. That's what that's what he says in First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What does God want you to do in the midst of your problems? What does God want us to do in the midst of this pandemic? What does God want us to do uh, in the midst of all of this unrest? When we believe, he says, I want, I want you to pray. Pray. You know, and that's one of the reasons that we continue to, to, to let you know about opportunities to join together in, in prayer. And, and as a body, we, we are praying more than I believe ever before. Join us in that. Pray, pray individually, but get together with others and pray. Why? That declares our absolute dependence on God. That shows, Lord, you know, we are trusting you and we're looking to you uh, for your provision. When we're joyful in hope, when we're patient in affliction, when we're faithful in prayer, that's whenever we get you know, what I've called God's GPS. Y'all know what GPS, global positioning system. <laughs> Woo. We've got our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords that can position you in a way of victory, in a way of passion, in a way of enthusiasm. Whenever you just look to God's word and say, you know, God, I can't do that. Oh, that's the reason you came, Jesus. You never asked me to do that. You didn't, he never asked us to save ourselves. He never asked us to be able to do any of this. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's his spirit in me that enables me to be joyful even whenever the circumstances are bad. It's, it's him that allows us to be patient even in the midst of, of distress and affliction and discouragement, to be faithful in prayer, not give up not give up. Wow. You know, if I'm going to Grady and I put in Grady, which I, I do because there's traffic and I put in Grady and I make the wrong turn. You know what the GPS does? It, it flattens all my tires and it runs me off the road. No, that's not what it does. You know what the GPS does? It's a wrong turn. Go this way now to get back on the right path. That's what happens. You know, God's not out to beat us down. <laughs> he, he just says here, through his Holy Spirit, wrong turn. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've been walk, you're trying to walk after the flesh right now. That was wrong. And then you say, you have a chance either say, I'm going to turn off the GPS. I'm going to respond to its guidance. Let me ask you. Have you turned off God's? GPS, whenever he said, hey, don't do that. Turn it back on today. 
turn it back on today. <laughs> wow. He said, you know, he knows that we're human. We're going to make mistakes. But he deals with us not as we deserve. That's what we see in Jesus. That's what mercy and grace is all about. But we must acknowledge that and believe that. So, <laughs> you know, God's not giving up on us. And he wants to bring about change. That is what Jesus is all about. That's the reason he came to bring about change in this world. But it starts with change in your life and my life. Uh, above everything else, above everything else, we need to get in God right now. That's, that's it. God, what are you saying to me today? He's saying, get in me. Get in me. Now, there's two ways to do that. Number one, if you uh, have never um, acknowledged, you know, maybe you've been spiritual or maybe you're religious, going to church a lot, you read your Bible and all that kind of stuff. But if you haven't acknowledged God's plan for getting in him, that it is strictly 100% through his son, Jesus Christ. Getting in God starts with acknowledging, God, I need you. I need you. And not trying to figure out, not, you know, not using your own, own GPS, letting him be the GPS. And he says, here's the way you get in me. It's through my son, Jesus Christ. It is through acknowledging that God so loved you that he sent Jesus to say, don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to be good enough. I want you to, I want you to acknowledge my son. Jesus as your savior. I want you to acknowledge that what he accomplished when he lived for you and he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And when he was resurrected, that is the way for you to get into me and for you to come and surrender to Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of Lords to say, Jesus, I want right now today, I, I want change. I want change in my life. I want change in these, uh, my family, I want change in this world. I want, but it starts with Jesus, Jesus. And if you've never accepted him, if you've never just truly just surrendered your life to him, you know, you, not just a little bit, not 50 cents worth, not, not a dime's worth, but when you come and you lay down, you say, I'm fully trusting you, Jesus, for you to bring about salvation and change in my life. Then simply right now, just Pray that prayer, Jesus. I, I, I need change. I need saving. I need salvation. I need you. And you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Boom. Done. And follow him. Some of, some of you got, that's what God's spirit, that's what God's spirit was doing right there, right then. And saying, I, I, you've been playing around with this for too long. And, and now, I want you to know and experience my salvation through my son, Jesus Christ. Now, there, there, there's a second tier to this. For us followers of Christ, you know, we need to get in God right now. We need to get in God right now. So here's what I want to challenge you to pray. I want you to challenge you to ask God this. Father, what is keeping the Holy Spirit from filling me with enthusiasm? Are you courageous enough to ask that? Do you believe him enough to ask that? Because see, some of you are sitting out there and you're going, 
ho-hum, ho-hum, I'm just trying to get through, I'm just trying to make it through, I'm just trying to make it through, and you're going to, God did not create you to be like that. God did not create me to be like that. God created us to be filled with his spirit so that we are enthusiastic about life. Right now, some of you are going, ah, man, this is, this is, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not joyful. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that, I'm in that percent. I'm definitely not in that 14% to say I'm very happy. I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to get to the next day. I'm just trying to make it through the day. Oh, please don't do that. I beg you not to do that. That, that is a ploy and a lie from hell itself, from Satan himself. Listen, it is in these days that Satan is so at work. We can see that. You know, we do not fight against flesh and blood. You know, it's, when we look out there, we're seeing that Satan is leveraging every bit of this to bring, to bring down the glory of God. And one of the ways he does that is by defeating you as a follower of his. Would you pray that today? Would you make this your prayer? So that God can receive the glory by sustaining and maintaining your enthusiasm. That you can go, whoo, life is hard. Whoo, times are bad. But my God is good. To God be the glory. And I'm going to give him all the praise, honor, and glory. Pray this prayer. Father, what is keeping the Holy Spirit from filling me with enthusiasm today? I will lay it down. And so some of you are doing that. You're, you, you pray that. So I prayed that. I've just prayed that. I prayed for passion. I want to be enthusiastic. And, and, and you're praying and you're showing up to God and he's going, hey, you got to put something down. You're asking me to fill you and you're already full. Full of what? I'm full of anger. I'm full of resentment. I, I, I'm, I'm full of bad attitudes. I'm full of self. I'm full of idols. He's going to lay it down. You want to get full? You want to, you want to get filled? Lay that stuff down. I'll fill you right now. So he's going to show you what's keeping you from experiencing in God enthusiasm. He is faithful to accomplish what concerns you today. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you so much for your amazing love. And Father, I join with everyone here that is a part of, of the, our time of worship together and saying that we don't want to go another day without you controlling our lives, without your lordship in our life. We want to take these steps. We want to offer our bodies. We want to dedicate ourselves to you. And all, in light of all that you've done for us, the sacrifice that you've made. Lord, I don't, I don't want to think the old patterns anymore. I want you through your spirit and your word to renew my mind. I want to be transformed. I want uh, no longer to be conformed to the pressures of what other people think. I want to be what you want me to be. Lord, I want you to change my mind, change the way I think. I want you to forgive me, Father, of my pride. And, and I humbly want to admit that I need help. I need change. And I need others in my life. Lord, I, I pray that you would forgive me from trying to make these changes on my own. Lord, I'm willing to get support. 
I, I acknowledge today what you say. I need community. I need others in my life. Father, I do just offer my life and ask that you fill my life with your love. Love changes everything. Help me to delight in honoring other people and not just focusing on my needs. And Lord, today, I just empty myself of what you revealed to me so that you can fill me with you. And I praise you that because of who I am in you, that I can be patient in affliction, joyful in hope, and faithful in prayer. Be glorified today as you bring about change in your church, in your people, so that your name, Jesus, would be lifted up. And we make it our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.